You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 113, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and the Netflix, and this time we are live from Jim Hanley's Universe. Your enthusiasm flatters us. Hey, Ron from my fanboy here. Just wanted to wish everybody a happy new year and to apologize for the audio quality on this week's show. We recorded the show live at Jim Hanley's Universe in New York City and had a great time, but unfortunately, about two and a half minutes into the show, there's some electrical interference that we weren't aware of until the recording had finished. We didn't want to not release this because so many great people came down to watch the show live, and we wanted to share that with the rest of the audience. So, if you can please accept our apologies and bear with the noise, it's a pretty good show. If you just want to press stop and tune in next week, I wouldn't blame you either. So for those who are going to stick through it, enjoy the show, have a happy new year, and thank you for tuning in. And now, iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 113. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 113. I am Josh. And I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And and here's everyone else. Hey! And uh, that, the sounds of Jim Hanley's universe on a Friday night, shortly before New Year's Eve. Um, on the, unfortunately, on the same day that books came out. Yeah, so. so there's a lot of people here who don't know what's going on. Because uh, <laughs> we're standing in front of the manga titles, which are more popular than the superhero titles. <laughs> um, iFanboy.com is a website where we uh, all started because we like comics. We read them every week. Uh, we read all our books and then pick the one that's best. And then that is uh, written up as a review that goes up on the website hours ago. Yes. Um, thank God you weren't working today. I know. Um, <laughs> Dodged a bullet on that. Um, and uh, then we come here on the podcast and we talk about it, uh, usually by ourselves, but we like friends too. Yeah. Um, before we get started, uh, we are going to talk about this week's <laughs> books, which <laughs> many of you probably haven't had a chance to read yet. So unlike most weeks, I think we'll try to be a little more careful. Yeah, we're going to try not to spoil them, but it's kind of hard not to. So if we start talking about something you haven't read and you care about, just yell. Say stop yeah, or something, and, and, we'll, and we'll try to stop. It's a fun audience participation. But there's one book that we're not going to respect that, unfortunately. But not the pick of the week, though. Uh, the pick of the week was uh, Green Lantern number 26. And like Josh mentioned, I was lucky enough to be home for the holidays and was able to run to the store at 11 a.m. and get my books and read them. And read so you finished running here. Yes, I finally finished running here. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the last couple of miles was tough. But, um, and, you know, I, I got about 20 books this week. It was a big week. Um, and for those of you who haven't read your books yet, uh, you probably got a lot of them too. Um, and it was an okay week. There was a lot of, um, it's kind of the end of the year kind of just getting everything out, kind of, which always happens the last week of the year. Um, but um, we, I was surprised to see Green Lantern number 26 actually ship. Because Green Lantern number 25, the big finale to the Snatcher War. It was Wars, like yesterday. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. Um, so I was excited to see Green Lantern 26. But usually, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but the issue after a big event um, is normally a, like a fill-in. The creative team kind of is tired. They give, let somebody else draw it or whatever. And it doesn't carry the same momentum as the big event. Not so in this case. Um, Jeff Johns continued to write... Um, continue to write stories that make the Green Lantern matter. Um, it's been, we were talking earlier this year that uh, Green Lantern was kind of wavering. It wasn't really good. It didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But they started that Sinestro Corps thing and the Sinestro War, and this was the event of the year, if you ask me. It was the one that quietly, that nobody really, it kind of snuck up on all of us. And it came to the conclusion two weeks ago, and it was exciting to see as the police, as the police started national dance down. 
Um, it was exciting to see that none of you saw anything. <laughs> it was exciting to see the momentum continue into issue 26 and to see that um, there are ramifications to what just happened. And, and it's funny because two weeks ago when we were talking about it, there was a lot of questioning whether or not you know, Sinestro won or the Green Lanterns won. While it seems as if the Green Lanterns won the victory, Sinestro achieved what he was looking for to instill fear in the universe and give it, make the Green Lanterns use lethal force. Well, he kind of spelled out any yes. doubt you may have had about what the point of the whole thing well, was. finally in this issue. So, so we, we were right. Yes, basically. we were. That's so what that, we're telling yeah, so. um, And what we also see is that we find out that um, the Guardians of Green Lantern, uh, uh, Guardians of Oa, the guys who run the Green Lantern, have, start, have introduced ten new laws. And we know the first one is use lethal force, and and the second one relates to what is introduced in this issue, which are the Alpha Lanterns, which to me appears like they're going to be some sort of internal affairs unit. So for Lanterns who use Lethal Force, then this is going to police the Green Lanterns. So that's kind of a cool aspect. Um, but then also, you know, it takes one issue to see the, the first skirmish between the Green Lanterns and some of the Sinestro Corps. Somebody gets killed. And you see, you kind of see how the, the tone is going to be for a couple of years. They weren't so much killed as murdered. As mur- well, I mean, he surrendered, yeah. But, and then he was and killed. Then, and then he was, yeah, so murdered. Which is like they didn't really have any rules. Like, you may yeah. kill. Yeah. And they never said, well, in what not context? always, or, or not without, you know. So they hadn't really set up any framework for it. And, right. and of course, aliens being like they are. <laughs> I was surprised that it was, um, what's his name, Amon Sir? Amon Sir, Amon Sir's son, which I thought was a great character when they introduced him earlier this year, and now he's dead. So I guess he served his purpose. But it's comics. It's comics, yeah. You know what? I don't think you mentioned this in your review, but um, there was a couple of pages in here with focusing on Jon Stewart. And previously, I've been of the mind that there are too many Green Lanterns on Earth. There's just like... There are four now. There's way too many. Yeah. Um, and what he's doing here is he's creating a character for Jon Stewart that... It's funny, because Jeff Johns is this thing where he spells out... Like, almost literally, where What's a lot of people about? hint at it, he just goes, I'm like this. And it doesn't suck. And it should suck, so I don't know why, but basically, like, he's got John Stewart, who, by the way, we all need to get them to change his haircut still. I want to start harping on the haircut. Really? <laughs> who hair like that anymore? Uh, no one. <laughs> It's like he, it's like Lawrence Taylor in the in the movie. That's rough. You know which one? Any given Sunday. Thank you. I was gonna say the Adam Sandler movie. That why? Because <laughs> he was in that one. Anyway, uh, so John Stewart is sitting there, sort of talking about what he's like, as opposed to what Hal's like, and it was just a really neat, uh, you know, uh, compact moment that explained why that character is important and why you need to have all of them. I assume there are four Earth Green Lanterns because. So much wackiness goes down here that they well, get I think, more. I think even count Alan Scott. He's not a Green Lantern Corps, but he's still a Green Lantern. So. Yeah, he's not technically one of the Guardians of the Lanterns. Right. He's still he a, a moniker. Yeah. But, um, but no, it's interesting because I mean, I don't read Green Lantern Corps, but I believe Guy Gardner is a big part of Green Lantern Corps, right. so he's off doing the training thing. I don't really know what Kyle's supposed to be doing because he's in several places at once. Kyle, <laughs> kind of yeah. Kyle is, is just, <laughs> he's counting time at this point, I think. I mean, yeah. They're just waiting for the time when they can kill him. An excuse to kill Kyle, hopefully. But um, but yeah, no. But all in all, it was really, really good. I thought the um, the Sinestro explaining what he what he did, and then, it was a great scene. And then pulling back and Hal Jordan saying, "Oh, well, actually, you're on death row," which I mm-hmm. thought was a nice little kind of angle. And and I mean, essentially, it just it, it amazed me that that in in the span of one year, Jeff Johns was able to, like I said, make Green Lantern matter again. And and it's funny because when I got and I mentioned this in the review on iFanboy.com um, that I wrote. A few hours ago, um, when I got into DC Comics, I was really I was really drawn to the Flash and Green Lantern for some reason. Those are the two characters that I picked up on. Not so much Batman or Superman, but Green Lantern, Flash, and Flash. I don't know if anybody is reading it, but it's sucking wind right now. So it's kind of nice that um, the other, so Green Lantern is not sucking wind anymore. Is actually is the book that I can bolster my enjoyment of DC on. So 
Um, I was pleased to see that. And I was furthermore pleased to see Mike McCone on Pencils. And I don't know if anybody's a fan of Mike McCone, but um, I remember his work that he did Marvel when he was on Exiles, I think, stuff like that. I just loved it. And then he kind of went away. And then he did something recently. I think he did a Countdown issue, or, or maybe a 52 issue. I was like, Mike McCone! Just, you see him randomly on yeah. issues here and there, but, but I think he's definitely, I looked in the solicits, he's definitely at least on this arc, and I'm uh-huh. hoping maybe he's on like for the next year. Yeah. Not, to, not to knock Ivan Reese or anything, but... Um, I like this but, clean style. Yeah. Very yeah, nice. Because his, his figures are really good, and uh, the faces are expression, you know, expression. If, if you look, the, the, uh, Hal Jordan actually has a different build than Jon Stewart, yeah. who has a different build than the other, other people, which is always nice to see them yeah. sort of trying. What's interesting that I think like seven people inked it, though. But oh, that's just kind of technical. Yeah, but there was a lot of names on the planet, so. Yeah, whatever it takes. Well, it so, came out two weeks right, after exactly. the last that issue. Exactly, something like that. All yeah, hands so. on deck. Yeah, so anyway, so Green Lantern number 26, if you haven't checked it out, um, now could be a good jumping on point. It just ended the um, the, the big kind of war type thing, which will probably be collected in trade in a matter of weeks if you're not reading it. But um, Green Lantern just a lot of fun, very cosmic, very, you know, you know it's Green Lantern. It's Green Lantern done right. Yes, so. which we haven't seen in a good long while. Yes, so I enjoyed it. All right. pick. So, the last pick of the year. But I know it wasn't the pick of the week. It almost was. I just, it just, it's just a <laughs> mess with people. Yeah, um. Okay, <laughs> this is a warning for anybody listening. Do you know what happened in Amazing Spider-Man for the most part? Did anybody read it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the second question, does anybody care anymore? <laughs> okay, so yeah. you're not going to. Um, Amazing Spider-Man, probably the biggest book this week. Amazing Spider-Man number 545. The last chapter of the One More Day. Um they got it. They got it in by the end of the year. I, I, I was impressed. By I that. was impressed. Yeah. Geez. So um, eight months. So what'd you think? What happened? What we thought would happen. What we said would happen in the summer. That every, every rumor was correct. Then basically. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of different podcasts heard a bunch of different rumors. I believe Jonathan at Geekscape was running around the San Diego kind of yelling it. And um, but we we heard that Mephisto was going to come, make him a deal, and that he was going to take it and he was going to undo the marriage. And um, we all saw it coming a mile away, and it, it happened. So um. I don't know what else to really say. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about this is that I don't buy this book. The last book I bought was probably six, eight months ago. And the last thing that I saw was a pair of crosshairs on, uh, on Aunt May's head. So I'm looking through this book, and I see that they've been sucked back into the real world, and there's a full blood on the floor. And I looked at Connor, and I said, is this from when Aunt May got shot? And he said, yeah, so this has been like, what, 14, 15 minutes since that book I read eight months ago? <laughs> Seriously? That's yeah. that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Um... Well, I haven't been reading this, but I have. I read this issue and I followed up, and there was sort of a lot of things that didn't make sense. Now, I find I find I think that overall, at the end of the whole thing, we're, they're going to be better off, probably. But they went through this whole thing, and I don't know why, because it doesn't make sense for one thing. Okay, Sp- Spider-Man is is the good guy. He's the constant Marvel good guy. He's the one who does what he does because it's right, and he has to do it. Who's the person least likely to make a deal with the devil? Spider-Man? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so right there, that, that didn't matter. Well, even more so, and, and, you know, like, just the fact that the deal itself, which is, for those who aren't reading it, the deal was is that Mephisto came and said, I'll save your aunt, she'll be fine, and I want to take your love, I want to take your marriage away. And the, the funny thing is that Connor and I were out to dinner last night, we were talking about this, and, like, no married man would do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing, you know? Like, and nor would Aunt May. Would like, if, if, if Aunt May would not be happy with this decision. Exactly. If she was aware of it, she would yeah. wake up and smack Peter in the face. Exactly. Exactly. She's and had so, a life. She's had a long life. She's had a happy life. She would tell Peter to be happy with his wife right. and, and, on, and on top of that, Mary Jane, who basically is the catalyst to convince Peter into doing it in this issue, goes along with it, too, which no woman would do. 
I mean, you know, like, I, I, I mean, I, like, it was, it was... I'm not going to make any sweeping generalizations about females. <laughs> but, like, it was interesting because early on she was saying, you know, maybe it's May's time, maybe we should let her go. And I was like, thank you, yes, that's what should, the conversation should be happening. And then for some reason, and then, of course, the out happens where um, Mary Jane seems to have struck a deal with Mephisto. She whispers something in his ear that we don't know what it's what she said. So there's the back door um, for those playing at home. Um, and and somehow Mary Jane goes along with it. And speaking of back doors, so that whole unmasking thing, yeah, that's they so they they uh, they said that doesn't matter anymore. So everything that everybody's ever complained about Marvel doing stories that don't matter yeah. and not using that huge thing to make any stories out of, they they're not going to do any stories with that. So that's gone. And that's, then and then furthermore, the thing that I've been hyper about is, is that and that you guys are sick of hearing it. But if you look on the last page. It shows them, you know, like kind of what happens is so Spider-Man wakes up from his last day with Mary Jane and he, he's living with Aunt May. Everything's fine. He puts his bike helmet on and he bikes to a party and now Harry Osborn is back. So that's the big kind of reveal that Harry's back. And it's, so he's kind of being reunited with his friends and that they kind of, you know, kind of do a toast to a brand new day, which is the whole impetus for next year. And they all kind of raise their hands up. And if you look, one hand has a little kind of gray thing right by the wrist and that's a web shooter, which means now the organic web shooters and the whole integration of the movie is undone. So again, something that everybody made a big deal about four or five years ago about, you know, why are they doing this? And they say, no, it'll be good stories and stuff like that is now just enough. Just, you know. So there are two schools of thought is that this is, te- this is age of apocalypse temporary and something will happen in the back door will be triggered and we'll go back to everybody knows or that this is the new status quo. Well, the good news is you don't know because right. clearly they don't. Right. They'll do whatever. And the ironic thing is, is that I'm now buying Amazing Spider-Man every week. Everybody so. <laughs> is. This is the genius thing about Joe Casada, yeah. is that he realized that it doesn't really matter if the story's very good. If he does the thing that inflames the most people, everyone will buy it. I haven't seen any... Everybody's, oh, this sucks. I'm totally on for the next one. Like, they're there. You know, and, and I can see how going forward, but it feels a little to me like maybe you can't go home again. Like, they're going to go back and be like, we'll make Spider-Man like he was in the 70s. Well, and and what happens when somebody comes back to something they've been away from for a long time, you know, and it's supposed to be great, just like it used to be? It right. never is. And then the, the, the turn the knife in the back was they reprinted the, the wedding issue in the back, which is like, that's just pouring salt on the wound. That was just like, it was like, oh, this was, you know, because I'd like to marry. I mean, okay, like, that being said, it wasn't a bad issue. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it was it was pretty well written. I thought it was kind of interesting. I liked the Mephisto character. I liked, it, there was not a bit of it, it was just a lot of sort of weeping and hugging. Yeah. Uh, Did you notice the visual change at the end? Yeah. yeah. I thought, that it, I thought I, originally I thought that, because um, what happens is in the first half of it, it's Joe Casada super hyper rendering every tons of lines and scratchy bits. And, and color differently. Yeah, yeah, and then in the end, like, it goes to very single line, you know. Uh, Classic. Yeah, just much more simple. Um, which I guess is the point. Yeah. I actually like that style a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, the last, the, 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 the New Day aspect of it, I, I like the look of that sequence. Peter's haircut gets drastically better. <laughs> I've got a whole haircut thing going on. <laughs> if you saw this hair, yeah. you do well, a deal with him. It's an add-on, it's a value add. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, uh, I'm well um, on record for being in favor of losing the marriage. I mean, I've talked about it a lot. We've had this discussion on the show a lot. But the way they did this was so ham-fisted, and then, and then the delays, and there's such a bad feeling from it now that I feel like it's been... My excitement for it has waned considerably. Yeah, well, that, that was the thing, because you know, Josh was saying that it was looks good and it was good and everything. 
And I can debate that either way, but I would have liked to have read this in October right. when it was supposed to come out. And that's the thing that kind of stings about it, you know, is the fact that, you know, we, it took so long. I think it's know? funny that their editor-in-chief cost them how many issues per month for yeah. that many months. I mean, like, think of how they probably sell a ton of Spider-Man issues. They were supposed to have three a month for how many months back, you know. That's all the money that Marvel have lost and retailers have lost because those books aren't on the shelf. Right. In a year that Spider-Man 3 was the biggest movie ever, maybe, something. It's like, that nice. But it's also convenient that they now they can start next year, though, fresh, though. So it kind of works out. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that part, I can't really argue with that part. I don't like how they got there, right? Yeah. But yeah. what do I care? I don't buy the book. But it's <laughs> are, you, no, so are you going to? Are you going to read the new no. one? No. You're not? Nope. McNiven? Jimenez? Yeah. Bob Gale? When was it good last time? Doc, Doc Brown's in the end. Yeah, let me know about it later. <laughs> so, I don't know. But it was, I don't know. It was, it's interesting. I'm still torn in it. I'm, you know, I'm just glad the cover's got a lot less messy on this issue, so... Josh, what would you have picked if you had had the truth? Well, I've got the next the next two books we're going to talk about. I'm totally torn between because uh, Captain America 33. Um, this is one I'm not. We're going to try not to blow it completely. Although, if you saw what's coming, uh, if you read previews, you know what's coming. Yeah. Um, this one, when I was reading it, I kept going, "Ooh, fun!" And I was I was laughing, and it was just it was a ton of fun to read. Basically, it's a big fight between Bucky and Iron Man. And what I really liked about it was that there were there were stakes, whereas I kind of didn't know who was going to win. I felt like there was there was at least a sense of, of danger, or you know, for one of the characters or either of them at any time. And it was kind of a fair fight. Like at one point, Iron Man's Iron Man's basically like, you can't even. Oh wait, you can't. You know, like it was just it was a good fight. It was that was a lot of fun. I liked when the when the, I guess Bucky's arm was attached at one point. And that was <laughs> awesome. It was very Sam Raimi esque. Yeah. The arm just starts attacking people. That was when I started giggling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it was the, it was, the, it was a march of Bucky's robot arm. Um, this was. I mean, every issue of this has been good. Um, but this one was like very. This is one exciting. of the better ones in a while. Yes. We've had that malaise where it's been so good every time that you, you expect it so it doesn't surprise you, but this one surprised me in that it was exciting, it was fun, the ending was, was you see, we've known it's coming, but it was still, at the end of it, I was like, oh, the next one, when is the next one coming? Yeah, you know? it's very much like you get to the last page and you go, God, I hope that's not the last page, it is crap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that made a noise. It, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, it was it was really good, but I mean, I, I and I, I didn't wrestle with it that much to make it the pick or not because I felt as if this was the prelude to the next really good thing. I think people have been waiting for how long for back for not that for Winter Soldier to fight <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Uh, and it he happens. does that all yeah, the time. Right. I mean, this, this is a cathartic moment where good, yeah. where somebody finally punched Tony Stark. Roller. And it just it just kind of fell into place. Uh, I mean, like it has to. But like at the end, when Tony makes the deal, with, and just to, I mean, we just to get it out there. I mean, I'm guessing that Bucky's going to take on the Captain America mantle. You know, so that that's what where it's going to get. Lots of shockers. And so like the, the, that, my one problem was that scene was we kind of go there after he makes the offer, and Bucky's just like, all right, we do it on my terms, and this and then like, fine, fine. It just seemed kind of. Simple. Well, because he, well, he, he's he's Tony's one of this. Yeah, yeah. So and he's gonna is, agree to it. And this is like we can sit here and tell you some of those things happen, but this just like the death of Captain America is really more about the ride. Like I was pissed off. I was like, oh, they ruined the death of Captain. America. They have another second tape, so it wasn't like it really wrecked my book. This is the same thing where you're reading through it. And it's about the character moments and, and and going through it and the story as it progresses. And sort of what that feels like, which as opposed to there's a big moment, and that's really all you're waiting yeah. for. And, and that's the thing about, especially a lot of the Brewbreakers, I think, run entire run of Captain America is that, like, I came on it a bit late after Winter Soldier was introduced and Bucky was brought back. And it really, knowing what happens doesn't really matter. It's mm. reading it is 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 really enjoyable, so that you can know what happened on the last page and you can still get 
it's it's still one of the best comic books out there. Like you know, it's not it's not kind of like the big you know Vader Luke's father kind of you know reveal type. Yeah, thing. It's just no, like, it's there's not an about elegant, that. There's an elegance to the way the story unfolds that is not unlike no other comic out there. So also arm fights, arm fights, arm also fights, awesome. the arm fight rules. So uh, then I I think this probably would have been my pick had I had the chance, but uh, Jonathan Hickman, who you may know from uh, the Nightly News. Uh, which was a six-issue mini uh, that came from yeah, Image. Four, maybe? Four, six, eight. Okay. Mini-series. Uh, he, he, this is a creator-owned series, this four-issue mini uh, from Image Comics, and it's very complicated to explain. <laughs> I'm going to try. Well, it's a true sci-fi book. It's a sci-fi book, and, it, and it's using... It's set in the future, in a world that's not that different from our own. Um, it could very well be our own future, and... Uh, technology comes into play, and using technology to uh, shape the world. Okay, that's the sort of larger thing. What it is is, I think it's I was about, really curious how someone was going to explain this. It's so. about fifty <laughs> years in the future, and the Catholic Church has been uh, investing in scientific technology, and they invented the time machine. So they have to decide if they want to go and send back a force of modern soldiers and people into any time in the past to solidify their grasp on the world going forward. And so it's about the decision to make that. There are a lot of words in this book. It's very, very wordy. Extremely. But yeah. what happens is you pick it up and you start reading it. About four pages in, you go, I don't know what is going on. And then all of a sudden it clicks and you're like, oh, this is a big, huge sci-fi kind of story. Um, and it's really well thought out. But what, what I thought was real, I was very, very impressed by it. And this this was nearly the pick of the week because it was just something I was really excited about. But I want to see I want to see it progress to issue two or three or so to see how it goes. Two or three gets <laughs> you to the end. Well, yeah, no, I know. Well, four. It's a four issue miniseries. So, but what I thought was really interesting was that it has the biblical aspect. Mm-hmm. It also has the science fiction time travel aspect. But then there's also has the kind of like almost more like you know losers esque kind of um, yeah squ- you know kind of uh, team there know, is. Kind of, yeah, there is. I'm not going to tell you when it happens. Yeah. There's a great moment in this book where yeah. everything goes like that, and you go, "Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's going to be like this." And all of us, like, it was exciting before that, and now, like this, like he just he keeps juking the stakes. I think like, I heard you yelp. I did. I did. I yelp. <laughs> now it's it's important to note that this isn't like any. I mean, if you've never read, if you didn't read Nightly News and you pick up Pax Romana, this isn't like any comic book out there. Um, Jonathan Hickman uses a lot of uh, graphic design as a and like kind of non-standard comic techniques in terms yeah. of layouts and stuff like that. It's not and, unlike a Brian Wood comic. Um, yeah, I could see it related to that. I could see, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, I mean, and what I thought was, I saw a progression in the work that he did in Nightly News to this one, mainly within a lot of the layouts and the, um, and the coloring and stuff like that. But like, not to be too highfalutin, but like this is kind of, this this could be the future of comics. Like this is like this is the kind of thing where and I, and I missed the nightly news when it came out. I got it trade. Yeah. So and we all did. We collectively missed the boat on no, it. We all bought the first issue. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, but I didn't. I, I did, and you read mine. Okay. Anyway, no, I didn't because you hated it. I didn't. And so I didn't read yours. We're gonna go back to the archives. You keep saying I hated it, but I no, you didn't hate it. You just I liked it, but I didn't love it. And whatever was going on that week when you said it. I was like, well, then I have time for it. Yeah. Well, it turns out it was really freaking good. If you haven't read that, then you just pick it up because it's really good. It but, almost um, doesn't have panels. It doesn't. No. It's, it's got a few, but like, uh, there's a lot of dialogue. Cinematic. It's really well written. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it was an excellent book. And for the, I guess, 350, it was easily the most meaty thing that I've read this week or even for the past month or so. It, it was it was just a lot of book. And we kind of pulled the Terry Moore Bendis couple pages where it was just dialogue. But it was a script, but it totally didn't stop the flow at all. No. It was great. No, it's great dialogue. Yeah. I mean, really good dialogue. And, and you really got a feel for a bunch of different types of characters, and I don't know what's going to happen in a good way. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was good. So if you're looking for a new book, if you want something a little different, Pax Romana, Jonathan Hickman, you're in the store, buy it. Give it a shot. So <laughs> and speaking of which, uh, we are in Jim Hanley's universe, and we want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Um, as the folks here in the store probably know, it's one of uh, the country's best and most progressive comic book stores. They've got, looking around, they've got superhero books, indie books, manga minis. So uh, when you're in New York, head over to Jim Hanley's universe, uh, where art and literature meet. Uh, they've got two locations. The first one's on 33rd Street in the Empire State Building, where we are right now. Um, and their other one is at 325 New York Lane in Staten Island. Where so we've never been. We've never been. Because we don't go to Staten Island. Um, no offense to people. Who's that? I'm sorry. We do this every time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so when you come in the store and you purchase something, uh, tell my fanboy sent you, and you can visit them on the web at jhuniverse.com or go to myspace.com forward slash Jim Haley's Universe. Um, friend them. Be their friend. They're very nice people. They're very polite. And they help you with all your comic needs. So, <laughs> okay. so Ron, um, so anyway, I totally like. I saw that you put this on here, and I was like, oh, I totally wouldn't have thought that you were talking about X Men again. You did not the X Men, but this is uh, we gotta get some Messiah Complex update. It's like it's like a segment. It's like I need like the ticker. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure there's more people who care about it than not. Well, this is written by Mike Carey, your buddy. I don't read his superhero work. I know, and he probably breaks his heart. <laughs> I'm guessing he. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> Listen. Anyway, so um, so Messiah Complex. Is, there, is anybody reading Messiah Complex? Are you guys enjoying this? Or yeah, a little one more, person. Back. Wow, two people. I thought it was a bigger seller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> but um, uh, it's. I, I mean, you're reading it. Yeah. And we've kind of the past couple issues we've been. Concerned. This has been one of the better ones in a while. Yes. In about a month. Yeah. Because, um, because stuff finally progressed yep. like a neck, another kind of segment almost. Um, I have a question. For, I mean, I you you talk generally about it. And I have a question about what happened. Well, it's the aftermath of the battle with Cable and the and Lady Deathstrike and her team, and Caliban's dead, and Cable got away with the baby, and so they're trying to get in touch with the baby. And um, one of the new X Men turns Cerebro back on, and then we also go into the future and we see where Jamie Madrox and Layla are getting um, processed through the mutant kind of the mutant camp. And what I thought was really interesting was they get they get kind of go through it's kind of like a very prison esque scene where they yeah. get stripped naked and they get cleaned and then head shaved and then a dude comes in and tattoos Jamie Madrox and as he's doing it I was like no no way and the cover kind of gets away that's too what I was and I was like I was like oh and it was the M tattoo like Bishop has which was really interesting because they haven't really visited Bishop's timeline so that's what, in years there's no there's I mean how much do we know about Bishop's future. Um, we know well. What we knew about Bishop's future was that it was that there was some level. Of, well, now he wants it. Yeah, a little warning next time. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you suggesting that Bishop is is a mate with a Madrox dude? No. Yeah. All uh, the mutants are tech. Interesting. Read the book. <laughs> that would be cool. Did you get that? <laughs> you said well, all the mutants are tattooed in MF Yeah, in Bishop's future. Filthy mutants. That's why. In Bishop's future, you gotta know where they are. In Bishop's future, and. <laughs> In Bishop's future, he is like a cop. He's uh -huh. one of the XSE. Uh, I forget Do we know he's not lying? Well, he, that's the thing. We don't know. But he had a uniform. He hit all the dudes with him. It seems like I can go up to 46th Street and get a uniform right now. Do we know <laughs> No, we don't, we don't know that. Is that the uniform district? Yes. <laughs> uniform district. It's between 9th and 10th. <laughs> so, New York um, City joke. Um, so we don't know that he was lying. But um, So we see in the future now that all the mutants in this camp all have the M tattoo, which makes you think that maybe it's Bishop. Well, because then, they, then the very next page is Bishop. Yeah, then what happens so is they're coming back to our time, and there's this baby. And I don't know what the baby... The baby's the first mutant, and but we still don't know why... The first new mutant. The new, first new mutant. Like, we don't know who the baby will be. Cable's trying to protect it. Cable's from the future. Maybe he knows something about the baby, all that kind of stuff. Bishop is also from the future. Maybe he knows, too. All these diverging timelines. But basically, Bishop sneaks up and shoots Cable. And, you and see, Forge. And Forge, which Were you upset. Upset I was very upset. I love Forge. 
when the, the, the whole Eagle Plaza in Dallas was awesome. When the cable drove the truck into Eagle Plaza. That was great. Anyway, um, and it ends with Bishop holding the gun pointed at the baby. So you assume he's going to kill the baby. So his eyes are kind of blurry, which makes me wonder if he's not possessed. Is he a scroll? He could be a scroll. Not hard. He's a scroll. But um, so yeah, so it, so it's opened up a whole new set of questions as to what you know. How is this tie in the bishop's future? How is he involved? And if this is the last part of the chat, the last part of the, the series, then I guess we'll find out. But um, this is this is twelve issues, nine, twelve. This is chapter nine of thirteen. Of oh, thirteen, thirteen. Yeah. So, so there's a long way to go. Well, just a long way to go. Yeah, that's a that's a month. It's a quarter of the series. Ron that's counted a, on his fingers. <laughs> just another month. That's all. But it was good, and and Bachelot's art didn't bother me. Yeah, it didn't upset me. So. Because last time it made me cry. Um, the whole time we had Countdown, the beginning started with Ray Palmer's It's Important Somehow. Yeah. somehow. We haven't, just to note, we haven't talked about Countdown in a long time. Oh, wow. a Since long I dropped time. the book. Yes. Do you stay over there for now? All right. Um, <laughs> this is the so, part where I don't like the book. Does she need to talk to you, Josh? They, they brought in an HR guy earlier, and I had to have a meeting with him. Two months never should be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing. Two times zero is zero. So, countdown. We finally get Ray Palmer. We haven't seen Ray Palmer the entire time. Finally, right? I mean, from the beginning of countdown, it was the search for Ray Palmer. Found him. And if you ask me, it took too long to get to him. Yeah. Because once it got to him, it was awesome. Yeah. It was really good. Ray Palmer's been living on Earth 51, which is like closest to to the DC Earth, but there's no the, the JLA wiped out all crimes. So nothing to do but relax. So they all retire. That's awesome. Yeah, and Ralph didn't even so write missionaries. That sounds like a great place to be. Yeah, and that's why. And G, his wife wasn't crazy and didn't kill anybody. Uh huh. So he liked it. There. Yeah, and Barry was alive. I mean, it was everybody was there and so hanging out around the fire and and Satana was was chubby. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Um, well, she had time to eat. But yeah, no, I know. It was like as if she didn't take a different look for her. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, so then, of course, then the monitor and, and uh, Kyle and Jason Todd and Donna show up and say, you got to leave. Right. And then he explains what's been happening, which he doesn't really explain, but sort of... Enough. Explains enough. Well, he doesn't that, say what the big... Why? He, 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 he gets to Earth-51 and he finds out that himself in Earth-51 has been working on something, and he needs to continue that work, and it has something to do with the multiverse, blah, blah, blah. And he watched himself die, so he felt as if he had to replace himself and finish the work. Um... And, but also, he was kind of liking it there. Yeah, well, yeah. why wouldn't he? Right, exactly. But then, so it ends with the monitor about the killing. You the end of every book. I know, I'm sorry. What are you doing now? Nobody's reading Countdown. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no one understands what it is, actually. <laughs> it's the ride. It doesn't matter what the ending is. So why, the ride. Is why are we talking about it? Because, because finally something happened in Countdown that, that I felt as if had some impact to the story. To find, like, it, when they started Countdown, we saw a bunch of teasers that, like, it was the Ray Palmer thing, it was the Mary Marvel thing, it was the Dark Side thing. And there's been a lot of dicking around for a lot of. I know that's why I stopped reading it. Right, I know. So it was good to see finally some movement happen. You know, some real kind of uh, progress in the story. Which is funny because the the other stuff is happening in other books. Why do they need Ray Palmer? He's awesome. I know, like they're searching for him. Is he the key to something? Yeah, he's the key. So we don't know what. He he, because the monitor wants him because he represents the monitor. The monitors go. The monitors want to go around and take anybody who doesn't belong on their planet and kill them. Okay. And so he is on the wrong planet. And so that's why the monitor wants it. So but it, what he found while on that planet, that is, I assume, what's going to happen. Um, make it interesting. So. Whatever the other... We assure you that eventually it will be interesting. <laughs> there, you've read 32 of these so far. it has far. a great cover. It does have a great cover. cover. Kershaw. Kershaw. Kershaw is great. Why, is, why are we... Is he on something? He's doing something, right? Thank you. Team Titans Year One, for those of you without a microphone. Yeah, that's going to be really good. Uh, yeah. so. 
Anyway, although no, I saw the ad for it and it was really bad. Anyway, nonetheless. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I just thought it meant something. And so I thought it was uh, important to mention Countdown because it actually had carried meaning. So. Proof number three. We um, recently discovered proof. Uh, <laughs> it shoved in our faces, more like. <laughs> <laughs> proof is a story of a Bigfoot secret agent who hunts down other um, anomalous creatures of myth. Cryptozoology. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're on this, too. I'm, I got on the proof bandwagon um, after hearing Tom at Arachnox and then talk about it so nice, so, so, so you know, nicely. I, um, I read the first two He's together, which... <laughs> what? Go ahead. Right. I read the first two together, which I think probably helped more because they're... It was, what's interesting about proof is it's really half a comic. It's kind of like Captain's Adventure, where there's a main story that goes for half the book, and there's a backup story that tells events happening concurrently to the main story. Do you, I like read, that, do you read the second half, though? Yes. I do not read the second right. half. Well, that's because the second half of this is good. Oh, okay. Um, and basically, right now they're they're hunting a chupacabra. Not a lot's happened. I just like the it creature of the moment now. Yeah, a lot of people like the chupacabra. chupacabra. I think uh, there's a a Fantastic Four issue that came out this week. Really? Uh, yeah, it's a special written by Tom Balin, and it has something oh. to do with the chupacabra. Was there a Spanish version of that? Yeah, the Iceland the Mor- the Morte. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I can't speak that. Great art though. Yeah, and it is, it came out in Spanish too. I think. See. It did, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, nonetheless, um, I think Proof is. I, I was really impressed with Proof. I kind of, I got, I recently got the first. That was issues. exceptional crowd participation. Yeah, that was, by the thank, way. You, thank you, Big Yanks. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I love that. That's good. Um, I think Proof, like Paxarana, is. Rep- um, I'm really liking what Image has been doing these days. Um, they've got a really diverse. Very recently, stories. they've got they've got a couple series that are starting that are not the typical kind of comic book, and like this is. This is very, I mean, it's kind of X-Files-y, it's kind of, you know, mystery, but it's got cryptozoology. Also, stylistically, it's, it's somewhat similar to Pax Romana, and he throws in these constant, like, facts. Cryptoids. Which yeah. is something that he does in Pax Romana, where you, you, you can explain what's going on without having to fit into the story. Which is kind of a cheat, but it's also... He did that in Nightly News. Yeah. Nightly news and, and what was great in Nightly News is when he was like, read this or don't read it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just here. But here it works, it's, it's in a little better, it's a little more standard comic but I really like the characters, I like the organization, and it's like, at the end of reading the first three issues, I want to know more about this organization and what they investigate and all that stuff, so. My problem is I like a little bit more story per issue, so it's broken up in so much. But I like the broken up thing. I like having the two stories, you mm-hmm. know, because the two stories are always linked. So, right, well, they're linked, yeah. but it's the same time you finish the first one, and you're like, oh, I want more. Right. Well, then, that's, that's better than the opposite, I suppose. Right, no, absolutely. Exactly. Hey, Josh, you want to come back into the show? For I would love to. <laughs> uh... I'm going to do my best not to blow this book because I think it was one of the better books that I read this week was Ultimate Spider-Man 117. That's no surprise. Every time there's an Ultimate Spider-Man issue, there's usually something worthy in it to mention. Um, I just thought this one was uh, basically there's been the big uh, Spider-Man, Shield, Green Goblin fight going on for several months. Um, And this is sort of the the culmination of it. I think there's going to be one more part to it. this this book was real good. It was no, really, it's over. It was, yeah, it's it's it. It. this is it. This is the finale. Well, there's still there's got to be stuff. No, Spider Man is amazing. Friends next month. All right, well, yeah. over. Well, there's something to work out in it. Um, <laughs> basically, a lot of stuff happens in this book that I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. Um, and if you really look at the panels and the pages where that stuff is happening, I thought they were really elegantly done. I think it just shows how strong Imman is and why, mm-hmm. like, again, like, I'm so surprised that this changeover from Bagley to Imman has been, I can't pronounce his name, Imman, Imman, has been so, not smooth, but so effortless. Yeah, when you're when you're looking at the pages near the end where the sort of fight is at its apex, just look at it, at the combination of the pictures and the, and the sound effects and everything working together in concert to sort of see what happens, and, and it really, like, 
it makes it, it uses sound effects in a way that you usually ignore them. You're usually like, ooh, crack boom, big deal. Like there's a there's a couple of things where they really matter in this one. Um the only thing that I only problem that I have is there's a shield agent who seems to have a lot to do with the story at the end of it, and it's Carol Danvers, but you can't tell. Because she's in the same outfit as all the others, they're in the Hulkbuster armor, and I need a, a name on there, a ponytail, just something. She should have so taken the helmet off. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I had just, that same thought. I was like, yeah. I was really, I, I was really shocked because something big happens at the end. We're not gonna spoil this one, but the last couple of pages are Peter dealing with that, mm-hmm. which we Beautiful. haven't, which we don't typically really see. Like the big fight happens, this really crappy kind of thing happens, or something happens, and then they just kind of move on. It was interesting to see that it's getting to him kind of emotionally because he's just a kid. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that. That little touch, although he's just close to getting a trench coat and shotgun. I mean, the kids. <laughs> was that <laughs> was much. that involuntary? <laughs> There's several coats out there, actually. Anyway, so but yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, it's hard pressed to find a bad Ultimate Spider-Man this year. Nope. So, um, is there anybody reading Crime Bible besides Josh and I? Yeah, him. Crime? No, 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 no. Fifty-two aftermath. Crime Bible. Five lessons of blood. Is it because of the title? Anyone? No. Now let me ask you: If there was a title. It was called The Question, written by Greg Rocco. Would people have looked it up? Well, okay, so that's one more sale. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, the, well, the thing is, is that there's a whole bunch of books that with the 52 Aftermath banner, and I think it's too heavy. Yeah. It's like, I heard good things. Well, you would have no idea this is a question book. It's about the question. You know what's really funny is I've heard good things about Arena. I've heard good yeah. things about this book. I've heard good things about um, uh, the, the other one. I don't know what any of those are, though. I wouldn't know what yeah, this one is. Right. This is a question book written by Greg Rocco. In the middle of this, it's it's Gotham Central again. Which, how excited did you get? I was so excited. I was like, <laughs> oh, read I read five pages of Gotham Central in the middle of this book, and it was Gotham Central with Jim Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Um, this was just uh, basically Renee comes back to Gotham, and she's fighting, finding the mystery of the crime Bible and whatever. This should be the first arc in the question ongoing series. I guess. Which is a, which is just an easy sell. Do Maybe. A question, not. Or, do a question. No, do a question book by Rucker that would sell. Especially coming off of 52. Right. Yeah. Uh, Batwoman is in this, and despite all odds, she's not a bad character. She's kind of interesting. In the book, they seem to have gotten rid of the heels. She's just got boots. Um, so this series has taken a big leap from the first issue, which is really incomprehensible. Yep. It, it's been really good. I think also missed that. You know, you want your first issue to be as clear as possible. But well, the, second, the second or third would have been really good. Um, yeah. so, I mean, it's, it's a real shame because I hope the, the failure of this series doesn't then mean we don't get a question series. I haven't seen the sales figures. Yeah. I don't know, but, but just yeah, anecdotally, right, nobody talks about it. No one, this is my favorite thing coming out of 52 so far. Uh, this was really, this was great. Uh, you you like Iron Man, one I of your do. favorite characters, and you mentioned in the show you don't read a regular book. I do not. So someone challenged you. I re- was yeah. it an email we got? I love a challenge. If you want to challenge us, just do it. We'll, we'll, we'll do, do it every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone challenge. challenged you to read the regular book. Um, right. You did. Uh, basically, on the, somewhere on the post after the Ultimate Iron Man was pick of the week, uh, somebody said, the regular Iron Man book is good. And I was like, shut up. And they were like, no, it really is. And, so I actually the cover caught my eye uh, this it's week, a great cover. and uh, it's basically like a half-dressed Iron Man. Uh, it's sort of painted in realistic style, and so I just looked at it to see if uh, if it was something I could jump on. So I read the previously page, and it didn't say it was like part three of eight or anything like that. And uh, uh, I love when Tony Stark cries. Yeah, this was great. Uh, written by Daniel and Charles No Knopf. I'll get a letter from Joe Casey about that. Um, 
He hates it when I mispronounce things. Butch Geist on pencils? Yeah, Butch Geist on pencils. Why aren't I reading this? I don't know. So really I, I picked it up and I read through it. The art style with this kind of coloring, Butch Geist's work looks really nice. Um, basically, Tony Stark is. I don't. This doesn't. I don't see how this fits in with anything. Else, because Tony Stark has hit the road on a obsessive quest for the Mandarin who's posing as a tech uh, scientist, like a like a corporate tech scientist. And they have to, uh, you know, they're they're fighting their epic fight, and he's in, he's uh, investigating a, a mystery. And what are they calling that? Butch Geist inked Captain America. Really? Yeah. I remember I saw that earlier. Apparently, he's got a lot of time on his hands. Yeah, he's great. Anyway, so uh, at the end of it, basically, uh, he gets the old armor on, like the like the nineteen eighties. Yeah, the classic armor, and there's a big fight, and Doc Samson shows up, and I love it when Doc Samson shows up in a book. Um, it was apparently he's a Steelers fan. There's a whole scene about that. Anyways, uh, this is the first I've read of this. This is number 24 in the series Iron Man, director of Shield, uh, and it was actually really good. So, are you on board? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna keep buying this for at least until it starts to suck. Are you gonna go back? Nope. Not buy a trade? Nah, probably not. So you don't like it that much? No. <laughs> no. Well, there's other trades I know of. Did you like Dan Dare number two? I love Dan Dare number two. It was really two. good. It was better than Dan Dare number one, which just, in, in the same way that like we talked about the circle, uh, Dan Dare, you picked that first issue, and I said, well, it was pretty good. We don't know what's going to happen. This was like, oh, it was, it was Garth Ennis writing a military book. It was everything that I could want. It's a, a sci-fi military book. Which is yeah. Awesome. yeah. Little green aliens and everything. Yeah. Um, that's basically so it was a big improvement. I mean, one was great, one was pick of the week, two right. was even better than one. Yeah, well, it wasn't a flash in the pan. No. Awesome. It appears not to be. Yay! And that's all of the books that we will ruin for you this week. Yeah, sorry. There's, there's about 40 others. Flame Diamond, it's not our fault. It's true. Or Christmas. Flame okay. Christmas. Flame Santa. Okay, anyway, so, um, yeah, so that was this week in books. Um, it was a good way to end the year, I think. Um, yeah, it was a strong week, I thought. For a wallet. But anyway, so on to, uh, we've got a couple of emails that we just wanted to, uh, respond to. Um, our first email comes from Morgan in Oklahoma, um, who says, "Hey, I live in a rural community. It's unfortunate. I was wondering what what would be the best route to today. I don't like the rural. Is anyone else in he's, an, he's an urban elitist. <laughs> I am. Anyway, um, uh, Morgan was wondering if there's what. Now this kind of threw me off. There's more well, person. Yeah. Fix the word internally. What was wondering what would be the best way to break into comics? Not working in comics, but buying comics. Um, Morgan's about an hour away from the city, so it's not exactly a practical drive there. Drive there every week to pick up the books. Do we recommend buying from the internet? If so, where? Also, what's a good comic to pick up? <laughs> um, I had a chance to get the first three volumes of the trade paperback of Runaways, and I loved it. What would you suggest to a 16-year-old girl who doesn't like gushy stuff? I'm willing to get my hands dirty and figure things out as I go along, but is there anything that has a good jumping-on point right now, or is just plain awesome? I've always had a fascination with the X-Men, and I like manga. I don't exactly classify myself as a huge Marvel fan, but I, though, because I like several DC characters too, like Robin and The Flash. So any suggestion would be helpful. You would suggest she move out of a rural community. I would suggest she moves to Chicago stat. She's, she's 16. Well, she couldn't be emancipated. Hit the road like like punk chicks from the 70s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no need. That's not a tragic story, Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, you know. A slim chance she could become Susie, but maybe not. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so if you can't, if you don't have a good, if you don't have a good comic store in your town, buying online is viable. There's, There's lots, lots of good places. PCBS is a good one for monthly ones. Um, uh, DCBS.com, in stock trades. I don't know. Uh, Amazon. <laughs> Start a store. Yeah, go, go to ifanboy.com/store and buy whatever you need. Um, so yeah, so buying online you can you can do, or you can um, whatever. So if you, want, if you want to know what to get, like. Yeah. I mean, we've had a ton of books we said are at a good place to, to jump on. Uh, Try Green Lantern. 
Green Lantern, even Iron Man, that was a good place if you like what's going on. I think this is a really good place to start reading all the Avengers books. I think whatever the next Avengers book is going to come out is going to be the start of the next Skrull thing. Am I right? Yeah, 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 I know. Avengers is great. The Secret Invasion stuff. Spider-Man apparently will be a really good place to start. Um, If she hasn't read it, Morgan, I suggest you go look up the Young Avengers grades. Um, if you like Runaways, you might like that. Uh, Alan Heinberg wrote them, kind of team heroes. Type X-Men First Class. X-Men First Class, yeah. That's you can jump on anywhere there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the upcoming Teen Titans Year One by Charles Burke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. So, Call back. So good luck, Morgan. Let us know how it works out. All right, Mark writes and says, Isn't it about time the iFanboy Collective checked out the Galaxy's Greatest Comic Book 2000 AD? It's going to throw a real purple patch at the moment, but some fantastic stories and jaw-dropping art. You can, you can now download the official oh, bloody PDF for $2.99 every week with Quick Wheel. I don't know what that is. This comic produced Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, Kevin O'Neill, Brian Ball, and Andy Diggle, Jock, Frank Whiteley, just name a few. Try it. Why not? Well, it's funny they should write that, because I was on the 2080 message boards uh, about a week or so ago, <laughs> and, they, and they were talking about us and how us dumb Yanks don't... No offense being Yanks. They meant Yanks like Americans. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, they, you don't mean us. You no, mean no, country? us. I fanboy us. Oh. Us, we're, we're a bunch you of dumb... talk about yeah, us? Yeah, a bunch of dumb Yanks who don't know, so know a good comic book if it slap them in the face, oh, even, though it's not shaped, even though it's not sized correctly. Because um, 2080 is like bigger. Um, so I was just like, damn them. Um, but, uh, so combination of a couple of things. If you hadn't heard the news, 2000 AD is going to be offering their issues online. And one of the problems with 2000 AD in America is that, um, it's published in, in England and it takes weeks for us to get it. Diamond sells it, but it's always way behind. So now you can actually download a PDF and read it the week it comes out. So that's cool. That's a very cool thing for the same price. Um, but also, um, the, I, the store I shop in, because I don't live here, <laughs> um, carries it uh, from Diamond. So I started picking it up. I started reading it. It is indeed good. It's very kind of sci-fi. But, but it, it's in a purple patch at the moment. I don't understand a purple patch. I don't know. Is it a coloring thing? I don't know. Or, I don't know or think it's a Briticism. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're so sick of that. <laughs> so oh, God, um, doing it again. But 2018 has brought a lot of great talent to the comic industry. So I'm going to start reading it. And so I won't give them any excuse to make fun of us other than... Yeah, they don't need any of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, excellent. Uh, you want to do this last one, or do you want to skip it? Let's skip that one. All right. So that was our email. So if you uh, have any questions and you want to send us an email, um, you can email us at contact at, at ifanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. We usually cut that part out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, so real quickly before we move on, just want to mention Netflix, who one of our other great sponsors. Um, if you're not using Netflix, uh, you're missing out. A great DVD rental service on, on the internet. Um, you can, they have over 75,000 titles, no late fees, free shipping. They mail you the DVD, you watch it, mail it back. And they have plans starting from $4.99. And if you sign up now, you get a two-free week trial. So go to www.netflix.com forward slash iFanboy and sign up. And uh, we'd appreciate it. So. Normally, this is where we do our voicemails, but that's a little awkward live setting. Yeah. Um, so does anyone here want to ask a question? If you, can? If you do, you can come up to the microphone. It's your chance to be on podcast. So it's kind of weird to put people in the spotlight like that. I was going to warn them in the beginning of the show, but hey, we'll take any questions. Comics, relationships, life, job, job advice. All right, we got one here. Say your name, where you're from. God, I hope it's about his job. <laughs> so I've got this manager who's just riding my ass. <laughs> so I need more stationery. Where can I get that? <laughs> um, I'm Gabriel from Brooklyn. Um, me and my friends just recently started our own podcast. It's called Strange from Comics. Yeah, URL. URL. Uh, uh, and we just wondering, like, what type of advice would you give people with nowadays? There seems to be, like, more people starting new podcasts. What would you guys tell us, newbies, since you guys are, like, already to the hundreds? Yeah, 113. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're, thank you. Um, 
There, there are a lot of um, a lot of good podcasts out there. A lot of them are starting as well. Um, the best thing I think what we've learned is just consistency. Put out a show, pick a schedule, and stick to it. Also, yeah. that is very true. Well, that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's the most important thing of all. Pick so, what you're going to do and do that thing. No, I mean, like, seriously. Like, like Spinal Tap. No. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is, is there are, go ahead, go to, I'll go to iTunes and search comic books, and you're going to get 150 comic book podcasts, if not more. So if you can find a thing that you do that nobody else is doing or... You know, but but a lot of times people will be like, well, we do some of this and some of that and sort of whatever, um, and that works for some of them. But really, like if you like, there's people who do we do an X Men podcast or we do something like that. If you have a niche that hasn't that doesn't exist yet, go after that kind of thing. And and you know, if it's early, you can certainly experiment with stuff and you'll find stuff that starts to work. And then when you start getting if you start getting feedback from that, uh, you'll know it. Yeah, but ultimately, have fun doing it. If you have fun doing it, it will show. And Absolutely, people will find it. Um, technical prowess has almost nothing to do with it. Well, a little bit. I, I was going to say also, I, I don't know <laughs> what service you're using or anything like that, but um, putting keywords in your RSS feed, that's the best way to get results in iTunes and stuff like that. So make sure you've got detailed keywords. Just put every freaking word you can think of. Hang Comics, out. comic books, graphic novels, trade paperbacks, anything someone might search for. Hang out on other communities. Yeah. Uh, like if you go to places where people are message boards, there's our message boards, there's Jinx, Jinx World, there's... I'd like to say Nizarama, but I don't think that'll help. Well, CBR, CBR's got a great forum. Just right. go pick your podcast. Tell people, hey, but, you know, check you it know, out. In those, you have to actually kind of be parts of the communities because people will drop in and be like, we have a podcast, come listen to us, and you never hear from them again. So, you know, get involved with some of the convert communities, and that will you'll see that grow from there. It'll mushroom. So, and we'll link to your show. So, awesome. Anybody else have any questions? Anything. Get a pin. <laughs> get a pin no matter what. So. Right. Oh, okay. Excellent. Personally, looks like Chris Starrs without my glasses on. <laughs> um, Sanchez from Queens. Sanchez. I was wondering, since you betrayed the rest of them to read Invincible in singles, do you, do you regret the decision at all? Not at all, actually. And they, they actually were, were teasing me the other night because they're saying, ever since I, I moved from reading Invincible and trade to issues a few months ago, and they're saying, I haven't talked about it, I haven't picked it, we haven't been on the show, because uh, it really hasn't been... Yeah, great. I mean, it's been great. I mean, it's consistently good. But I am reading issues. I don't regret it. It's great. It's it reads great in trades. Read greats in issues as well. And actually, uh, issue fifty is coming up soon. It's going to be kind of big, I think. And I'll be reading about it before they read about it because they got to wait for the trade. So you're um, dead to us. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey. Seriously. <laughs> We're going to talk to you after the show. All right. Got an HR guy for you. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Cool. So if anybody has any other questions, we'll wrap this sucker up. Alright, so um, normally if you want to call our voicemail line, you can call us at one 888 fanboys That's 326-2697, and thank you to the folks who uh, asked questions. We appreciate it. Um, Alright, cool. So this is our last show of 2007. Um, it is going to be published. Yeah, it's published on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so it's been a good year, I think, for comics. Um, but I think ultimately uh, it's been a fun year doing iFanboy, so we want to just thank everybody who listens, who goes inside fanboy.com, posts on our forum, posts on our site, comes to our live shows. Really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I mean, to, the, to the guy who was asking about how to do a podcast earlier, like the people coming and responding really are the ones who keep you from doing it all the time, and that that's really like that's a huge part. So everybody here who showed up, uh, everybody who's listening, all the people who participate in the communities, uh, we owe you just as much yeah. as you. Know. We'd be nothing without you guys. So we really thank you. So. 
Um, We're still nothing. And yeah, it's sad. And hopefully, <laughs> I will get severance too. <laughs> All right, severance for everybody. Um, and um, or pin. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, 2008 will uh, be just as fun, if not more. So I know we got. A, I know we always say this, but we got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff lined up for 2008. So stay tuned. A second video show. No. <laughs> The first one's hard enough. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, and so speaking of which, the first thing that we have to offer is um, if you're downloading the show, if you go back and look on the feed, or for those in the audience, if you go look on our feed on Sunday, we published our um, 2007 year in review, all media uh, event. Hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. So on that podcast, we talked about movies, music, TV, video games. IPTV. IPTV and, um, comics. and comics. There you go. Because we hadn't covered that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's, it's a, it's a two-hour-plus epic. <laughs> So, um, so you got nothing to do this week. You can listen to that. So just go back onto the feed and download that directly, or go to ifanboy.com. You can download it directly. Um, but that was a lot of fun to do. So. And long. It was long. It's yeah. a behemoth. <laughs> um, if you are looking to do your post-holiday shopping, which I've been doing, and I assume other people That's as well. My favorite part of the holidays is going to the store and getting all the things you didn't get, like the omnibuses, because I didn't get one. <laughs> That's very upset. <laughs> I really, I got Fantastic Four Volume One last year. I was counting on it. I didn't get it. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Maybe you didn't drop a strong enough hint. I put it on my wish list. Anyway, uh, Well, you're welcome for your other gifts. Though. I am. Thank you for those. Um, Frick. <laughs> you can go to ifanboy.com slash store. We've got a link there um, for Amazon. You can search through there, or you can look at the, sh- the, talk- the books talk about every week on the video show, as well as our other personal um, media picks. Uh, yes, ifanboy.com is our website where we uh, post these shows and things like that, but we also do blog posts and discussion things and the Pick of the Week podcast, and, and there's all sorts of good stuff on there, so go there. Please. Um, and also, if you go there every Saturday, you can check out our video show, the aforementioned video show, um, and it's also at revision3.com forward slash ifanboy. Um, the show that came out this past week was our, our argument about continuity. Um, You're still wrong, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you. And um, for those of you who are here, you will not have seen this. Yeah, We're acting as if it's the future. <laughs> so now you know what the show is. So if you tune in tomorrow or yesterday, depending on. Anyway, uh, so that kind of thing. But then next week, uh, next Saturday, we uh, got Josh's favorite topic, uh, preacher. We did the preacher show that we that we promised. So yeah. this is basically twenty minutes of us going. This is so cool, <laughs> man. It, really, it was a little gushy. It, it was, was totally. Yeah, but so. Check it out. Um, and if you're like Ron, you're wearing your iFanboy shirt under your sweater, thank you. If not, um, you can go to jinx.com slash iFanboy. You can buy an iFanboy t-shirt. Come on, take it off take slowly it off. for the people. <laughs> Dance, boy. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't Rick's. <laughs> All right, now let's I got dollars for you. We just crossed through the looking glass. <laughs> um, so if you buy a t-shirt at jinx.com slash iFanboy, send us in a picture. Somebody sent us in a really cool picture. We got a lot of great pictures. Actually, I threw down the challenge, the gauntlet, for people to send in holiday pictures of them uh, with their family in an iFanboy t-shirt and a bunch of people did, or two people did. Did you see the one of the guy who said the, 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 the flaming Jedi sword? I did see a dude at a, at a Star Wars themed holiday party with, and he was sporting his, his lightsaber in an iFanboy shirt. It was pretty it was awesome. awesome. It was pretty cool. So thank you. Keep the photos coming in and be sure to go to jinx.com and upload them on there so people can see that you like us. And if you do that, they send you stickers. Yes, they do. Not a family stickers. Uh, nice people. Yeah. I, I have their sticker. I got it. All right, anyway. Something about the email contact at fanboy.com. Thank you. And the voicemail at one eight eight three three two six two six nine seven. Just said that a minute ago. <laughs> and finally, if you like the internet, you can go to MySpace, Comic Space, Verb, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, be our friend and read all about us. Yeah, if you like the show, 
Don't know why you would. Uh, <laughs> go to iTunes and leave a review uh, for this show or for the video show, and you can uh, help spread the word through uh, that, or you can tell your friends and your family. Yeah. Or the guy at Rick's. Yeah. <laughs> I tell him every time he should have hands me a flyer. I say, <laughs> no, but I fanboy. So in case you're not here or don't know what he's talking about, Rick's is a strip club. <laughs> I'd say 40 feet back that way. It's a cabaret and steakhouse. It's a cabaret and steakhouse. Because yeah. you want to combine those two things. Yeah. So. I'm eating in here. Hang on. <laughs> can, you, can you pass the salt, please? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm in the middle of a meal. Move! I would not like. TV. I would not like a dance, but I don't have any ketchup, and I gotta tell you, can I buy you some onion rings? Because <laughs> gassy food and lap dance right. go together. Anyway, so thank you again, everybody. Give yourselves a round of applause for coming out. Thank you. And.